It's blazing hot outside. You get in your car to turn on the AC to get cold air pumping, but it blows hot air out. This issue is commonly caused by low refrigerant due to leaks in the AC system. You want an easy, all-in-one solution that will restore the cold air in no time. AC Pro Recharge Kits. Make restoring cold air easy for even those with zero DIY experience in less than 10 minutes. Save time and money versus going to a shop by picking up an AC Pro Recharge Kit today. Be a pro with AC Pro. Baseball season, it comes and goes, but Crawford Bach just flows and flows. It's the Bach to drink any time of year. You don't need a reason because it's a dang good beer. You can rock the Bach at a music festival or rodeo, Shakespeare in the Park or Lowrider Car Show. It's the Bach for bonfires and happy hour, South Padre, even your next baby shower. So share a Crawford Bach anytime with your favorite gals and bros. And when baseball season comes back, let's go Strohs! This episode of Astrocast is brought to you by Carbach Brewing. Carbach Brewing, crafted for serious fun. Greetings from Minute Maid Park, where today the Houston Astros wrap up a three-game series against the Texas Rangers. Astros have split the first two games with the Rangers, including a 2-1 to win yesterday. Christian Javier gave up a run over six and two-thirds innings to get the win. Michael Brantley, a two-run homer, as the Astros have gone 5-2 and two on this homestand, which ends today. Astros have won three of their last four. Rangers have dropped three of their last four. Astros 20-15, and 15, second in the AL West, two and a half games behind Oakland. The Rangers 13-15. and 22. They are fourth in the West, nine and a half games behind the A's. Let's take a look at today's pitching matchup presented by Houston Methodist. Houston Methodist is proud to be the official health care provider for the Houston Astros. Houston Methodist leading medicine. Well, it's going to be quite the pitching matchup today with Zach Rinke getting the ball yeah. for the Astros against Lance Lynn, two of the top ten in the American League and earned run average. Starting with Grinke, Steve, uh, 2.68 earned run average and uh, for the most part has been getting deep in the games for the Astros. Yeah, he's been very consistent. Maybe the first game of the year, that's it uh, as far as blips go on the, on the radar with Grinke. Man, he's fun to watch. Uh, he's, he's changing speeds. He's not even throwing as hard as he did last year, but it doesn't matter. I mean, yeah. everything moves so much. He changes speeds. He's very cerebral on the mound. It's just a lot of fun to watch, and I think the Astros players kind of feed off of his energy because they know he's going to give them a good showing. Lance Lynn getting the ball for the Rangers, second in the AL with a 1.93 ERA. And you talk about someone who gives them some length, 100 or more pitches in 32 straight starts. Yeah, you're talking about somebody uh, who I didn't expect to be on this Texas Rangers team past the trade deadline, and uh, for whatever reason, they held on to him. And he's he's a horse, man. This is a, a top-of-the-line pitcher who does it quite differently from Zach Greinke. He just comes at you with a, a whole lot of fastballs, and he can make it cut. He can make it sink. He can make it ride, do a lot of things. Uh, but more than anything, he just comes at you, and he's kind of a bully out there. He's aggressive and, and comes at you. He's got a little cutter, a little, little off-speed pitch to kind of keep you off balance. But... Uh, more than anything, he's just going to give you innings, like you said, and uh, that's what they sorely need. Time now for Keys to the Game, presented by Honda. Visit your local Greater Houston Honda dealers for great deals on all models. Honda, the official sponsor of the Houston Astros. Well, it's good to see the Astros win some of these one-run games like yeah. they did yesterday. I mean, obviously, you can't expect to score two runs and win every time like the Astros did yesterday, but it, it gives you an idea of how good the, the pitching is, particularly the bullpen, when you're able to, to close out a close game like that. You know what? Part of what the Astros have been going through the last two nights anyways is getting back into a rhythm as far as the pitching staff, uh, the guys in the bullpen because they're a little bit rusty, man. In the middle of the year to have that many days off that they had, yeah. 
is very uncommon. So uh, you get a little out of tune with your body and what you're trying to do. And Dusty Baker's doing a good job trying to get guys in there and a couple of them back-to-back -back days. So uh, they continue to need to get uh, a lot of those pitchers in there. Uh, we're going to see some guys filter back. Some of the guys from Waterburger Field and Corpus Christi uh, seem like they're just about to get uh, healthy and be able to help this team. But you still need to keep some of those pitchers sharp out there. Coming up next, we'll hear from Astros manager Dusty Baker. And a little later, Michael Coffin, radio voice for the Corpus Christi Hooks. He talks with Don O'Neill, junior director of business operations for the Houston Astros. But now this from your local station. What's even easier than hitting a home run into the Crawford boxes? Deep to left field, and you can kiss that goodbye into the Landry's Crawford boxes. How about cracking open a delicious Crawford box? Carbox Crawford Bach pairs perfectly with peanuts, stadium dogs, and a good seventh inning stretch. Plus, a portion of the proceeds from each beer goes to the Astros Foundation to support community initiatives. So root, root, root for the Astros with a cold Crawford Bach this season. And now Dusty Baker is out of the dugout, so that's going to be it for Javier. So one out here in the seventh inning, nobody on. He'll exit the game, leading 2-1 to one here in the top of the seventh. Has he pointed yet? They're having a conversation. And Maldonado looks like he's telling Dusty, hey, I like the way Javier's throwing. Now they're going to leave him in. All right. A big pitch in this game with the Astros leading by one. Here it is. Breaking ball. Got him. Strike three. Got him on the breaking pitch on a 3-2 count. And he executed perfectly. And that's strikeout number three. And there's two outs. Man, that was impressive. Well, you had a decision to make last night, Dusty. You came out uh, in the seventh inning for Christian Javier. Uh, after he had gotten the first out, Joey Gallo was the next hitter. You had Brooks Raley ready in the bullpen. And uh, looks like you talked a lot to Martin Maldonado in addition to Javier when you went out to the mound and decided to stay with, with your young pitcher and wound up uh, going six and two-thirds innings. If you could uh, just kind of relate to us what that conversation was about and what made you decide to stick with him. Well, I mean, I went out there, and I'm looking at Maldi's eyes on the way out there. And, uh, you know, you couldn't see it on film, but he's, you know, was subtly shaking his head, nope. And uh, so when I got out there, I said, hey, man, you know, does he have enough here? Because I really need him to go seven innings because the way they got to every other left, right, left, right, mm -hmm. you know, they weren't working out right for Rayleigh if he'd come in to face this guy and then now we got a dangerous Andres up next and then it just wasn't working out and so uh, it's, it's different now when you have to have a guy you know uh, face three batters you know it was different in the old days I could bring in a lefty for a lefty but now uh, the fact that you got to face three batters unless it's the last out of the inning and so uh, and, and then Christian doesn't say much and, and I looked at him in the eyes and you know, the eyes tell it. The eyes tell if you're tired, I think, and, and if you, or if you're scared or if you're, or if you really want this guy, you know, and sometimes I've gone to the mound and I say, you got enough? And the guy says, oh, you know, he's blinking. And I'm like, he goes, I can get this guy. I said, no, nah, no, you can't. You should have got the last guy. And so uh, that's what I went into. I'll tell you a little story. One time I went to the mound to take surgery out. I wasn't sure if I, when I was in Washington, I wasn't sure if I, uh, was going to take him out or not. And uh, so I asked him, he has a blue eye and a brown eye. And I asked him, I said, well, what eye do I look at? And so, so he told me the brown eye. So I looked in the brown eye and the brown eye told me, you know, leave him in the game and he got the guy out. So, uh, you know, the eyes 
the eyes, you know, sort of tell them all. You have Alex Bregman on the injury list. He's been out now for a couple of weeks with that hamstring injury. He was working out today on the field before the game, uh, taking batting practice. Uh, had some ground balls hit to him at third base. Uh, Bregman getting pretty close to returning now. Yeah, I mean he's getting he's getting very close. And so like uh, you know he returns sometime on this road trip. We we just don't know when. Uh, you know, like you like to wait a day or so to see if how much soreness sets in. Because uh, today was a light day for him. Um, he hit, fielded, uh, uh, you know, did no running today, but he did a lot of running yesterday. And so, uh, you know, we'll reevaluate him tomorrow to see how he feels. I mean, he was swinging good. I'm not really worried about his hitting as much as I am probably, you know, his base runner. You know, how much squatting down that he's doing at third base. You know, and so, uh, like I said, we, we certainly don't want to lose him again. Again, so you know we got to take uh, every precaution, even if it takes us, you know, a couple more days. So you heard the news last night about Tom Seaver, Hall of Fame pitcher, passing away at 75, and he was a guy you you had a lot of battles against, uh, contemporary of yours. 108 plate appearances against Tom Seaver, the most you had in your career against any pitcher, and you hit 347 off of him with with five home runs. So you figured something out that apparently the rest of the National League didn't seem to to figure out against Tom Seaver. What do you remember about competing against him? And, and did you get to know him at all away from competition? You know, the thing I, I, I respected Tom Seaver because he's one of the guys that if you hit him good back in the day, you know, if you hit guys good, they, you know, they throw at you and try to intimidate you. But, you know, if you hit him pretty good, I mean, he just tried to figure out a way to get you out, you know, which I respected that. And, and uh, we, we had some tremendous battles. It wasn't any day at the beach, trust me, because uh, Tom Tom was one of the, one of the all-time greats, but the only thing I figured out is that, you know, Hank Aaron used to give us a scouting report every day, which is similar, which I've told some of our guys today, facing Lance Lynn, you got to stay off the high fastball. And uh, Hank Aaron told me that, you know, he used to give us a scouting report every day, especially me. And, uh, I mean, he'd say, like, uh, if the ball's above the waist, you take it because by the time you swing at it, it's going to be up around in your chest. And uh, or like Steve Carlton, you gotta if you see it spinning the hips down, you gotta take it because it's gonna end up a ball. And so you try to have a theory and philosophy. It might not always work, but you like I was told, any plan is better than no plan. Right. And so uh, you know, uh, I did get to know him off the field. You know, through Hank Aaron, him and Hank were good buddies. And uh, Hank didn't associate with pitchers other than Seaver, uh, Kuzman, and he used to go hunting with and. And Bob Gibson, you know, we were supposed to go over his house, you know, this fall because Hank came out to see me and, just, and Thomas Moorhead. And we went to Opus One, drank some wine and tasted some wine. And we we're supposed to go see Tom, uh, uh, you know, for lunch. But uh, his wife said that he couldn't have visitors or, you know, Hank was disappointed and knew that he must be very, very sick. Not to, you know, we were only five miles from his house. And yeah. So, and so he was a, you know, quality man. And I found out on the, on the radio show last night, you know, I mean, and just, you know, it just lets you know that, you know, there's death around the corner, like Tupac used to sing. So, uh, so it's just a lesson for all of us to enjoy your life and try to do people right. All right, Dusty Baker, thanks so much for joining us and uh, good luck today. All right, man, thank you. We'll be back with more of Astrolaunch right after this. This episode of Astrocast is brought to you by Carbach Brewing. Carbach Brewing, crafted for serious fun. Welcome back to Astro Launch. This is Michael Coffin speaking from Corpus Christi, Texas. 
where the Astros have their alternate training site at Whataburger Field. And I'm now joined by Astros Senior Director of Business Operations, Dan O'Neill. Mr. O'Neill oversees the Astros minor league clubs in Corpus Christi, of course, and in Fayetteville, North Carolina, where the high-A Fayetteville Woodpeckers play at Segra Stadium, as well as the ballpark of the Palm Beaches in West Palm Beach, Florida. Dan, if you don't mind, let's start with how the Astros are, are handling the responsibility, the, the added responsibility of keeping employees safe during a pandemic and, and just keeping the lights on, really, at this point, not only in, in Houston at Minute Maid Park, but across the entire operation. Yeah, it's certainly been challenging. We've done everything that the CDC recommends and then some, but um, in Houston and all of our facilities, Corpus Christi, West Palm Beach, Fayetteville, North Carolina, um, we have a very strict regimen uh, sanitization program where every space is um, sanitized daily. We have electrostatic sprayers that are uh, in the players' clubhouses for the alternate training site in Corpus and, and also throughout the player and staff spaces in Houston. Uh, every workstation has a, a personal sanitization kit. Um, if you're in the office that day, um, all of our offices have red and green. So if you were in the office, uh, you put red up and say, my office needs to be clean. It's essentially all of our facilities. You know, We've led by Marcel Braithwaite, our SVP of operations. I mean, all of our facilities are probably the safest place you could be to be honest um but that said we're you know we're still working um per the city and county guidelines and and on a central staff basis uh only people that are required to come in and have game day responsibilities are are coming into the office um but you know like i said we're once we get back up and running it will be the safest cleanest place for our fans for our employees which is obviously um, a key priority for all of us from, from a financial standpoint, I mean, we were among the strongest uh, teams um, in major league baseball from a you know, capital standpoint and just a financial wherewithal, um, very good standing. But anytime you lose a big portion of your revenue stream, which is our fan base and our tickets, um, it, it affects everyone. It's affecting some teams differently than others, but you know, to our owner's credit, Jim Crane has, been one of the few owners to backstop our employees. We haven't had any layoffs or furloughs, and that'll maintain through October 31st, uh, in line with a couple MLB clubs. Which, you know, it's affecting businesses throughout the world, and, and we're uh, we're very thankful and appreciative of Jim for, for stepping up and trying to take some of this uncertainty away. But um, you know, the longer this goes on, it's it's affecting everyone uh, in, in in every part, every industry throughout the world, and. And we're no different. So just hoping and praying that we can get some, some clarity and some, uh, some result, resolution to uh, you know, getting back to normalcy. Obviously, we're very busy in Corpus Christi right now with the Astros alternate training site. Uh, can you describe for us how those plans fell into place, when and why Whataburger Field entered the picture for the Astros and their alternate site? Yeah, it kind of uh, – it was, it was a moving target. Uh, initially – we had thought that we could use our West Palm Beach spring training facility just because it's, it's bigger. I can house the most players. It's set up for that kind of uh, size, you know, 60 plus players plus another you know, 20 staff and so forth. Uh, but major league baseball really wanted to confine or restrict the, uh, the level of travel um, through, you know, the, the, the alternate squad or the taxi squad moving around. So um, 
they wanted to house it closer to each home market, each home city. So uh, initially we, we started at the University of Houston for spring training uh, because that's three miles from Minute Park and they have an absolutely tremendous brand new $6 million state-of-the-art facility and that's where we started for our spring training. Um, uh, tremendous partners and I think everyone was really happy with the outcome there. As, as the weeks went on, uh, it became um, Major League Baseball loosened the restrictions a little bit. So we were kind of allowed to go within kind of a drive to, the, to Houston. And so because we own Corpus Christi and we have our facilities there and our players and staff are familiar with it, um, you know, keeping that distance away from our uh, quarantine players at Minute Maid made a lot of sense as well. And so uh, it was definitely a juggling act there for a while. But uh, with all the, you know, we've made in the last two, three years, we've made almost five million dollars in renovations at Corpus at Waterburger Field. Um, it's it's totally state of the art and it's uh, capable of housing our players that are major league ready that at any moment could be, you know, on TV the next night, you know, competing for a championship club. So uh, we were comfortable moving our moving our players and staff to Corpus Christi for uh, for the taxi squad. Well, prior to your post as, as the senior director of business operations, you were on the, the baseball ops side as well, 2013-2016, director of Major League Team Operations. And I, I just wonder, because I've noticed how things have gone with, with Major League Baseball and the testing programs, and it seems like some of the cases that we're seeing right now have become isolated, and it's good news because it means these protocols are working that Major League Baseball has put in place can you give us an idea of how these protocols may have changed or evolved since summer camp started in July? Sure. And just in general, you know, in my old role, which is now held by Derek Bagoa, I mean, you're, you're moving an entire major league organization, you know, whether it's uh, feeding them at home, uh, you know, through our clubhouse staff, whether you're you know, traveling on the road, the buses, the, the trucks to move equipment, hotels, uh, security, um, you take it for granted until you realize that you have to socially distance from all the people and service providers that, that make it, make it flow and make it work. And so that's been a huge challenge just, just as we've started the season, um, you know, you know, catering food into the clubhouse, like players now have their own meals to go. They have, instead of one or two buses, we're running buses every 30 minutes and it's more like five or six buses. Um, you know, obviously the hotels, it's, you fly in, you go to your hotel, you stay in your room, you leave your room to get on the bus to go to the ballpark. You come back on the bus, you go right to the hotel, you're not allowed to leave. Some of the other clubs kind of broke those rules a little bit, and that's where they had some issues. But, um, you know, trying to, trying to manage 60-plus people on the road and where they're going and what they're doing is extremely challenging. Um, what's changed since the summer started, I mean, the players are getting tested every single day. They're coming in, they have designated time slots where they come into the home clubhouse. So, you know, they, they can't come in before their time slot. The coaches have their time slots. The certain players have their time slots. The clubhouse staff has their time slots. And so it's very regimented. It's very strict. And, and Major League Baseball has to adhere to these, to these protocols. Otherwise, you know, they're, they're at risk of, of losing the integrity of, of the quarantine. And so I, it, it's hard to put in words. It's hard to describe just because it's such a uh, – a difference from what's normal and what we've what we've become accustomed to, uh, but it's also made you appreciate like how lucky we had it and um, some of the great partners and staff members that we have to make things go. Um, once we get back to normal, that's what everybody wants. 
Astros Senior Director of Business Operations, Dan O'Neill. Dan, thank you very much for taking the time, sir. MC, great to spend time with you. Look forward to seeing you soon. AstroCast is poured for you by Carbach Brewing. Get highlights, interviews, the latest news surrounding MLB, and your Astros. Brought to you by Carbach Brewing. Looking up. See you later. Into the Landry's Crawford boxes. Subscribe to AstroCast. Expecting a great season with this Astros team. The official podcast of the Houston Astros. It's going to be a lot of fun the whole way. And now Dusty Baker. He's out of the dugout, so that's going to be it for Javier. So one out here in the seventh inning, nobody on. He'll exit the game, leading two to one here in the top of the seventh. Has he pointed yet? They're having a conversation. And Maldonado looks like he's telling Dusty, hey, I like the way Javier's throwing. Now they're going to leave him in. All right. And we haven't seen Dusty do that yet. Brooks Raley had actually moved to the bottom step of the bullpen and was standing right by the gate. He thought for sure he was coming in. You see managers do that from time to time, but it's usually with a veteran pitcher. It's usually not with a rookie like Javier. Yeah, I think that was all Maldonado. He did a lot of the talking. Yeah. And I think he told Dusty, man, he still has something in the tank. How good does that make Javier feel, too? Yeah. All right, so here we are. Astros up by one run here in the top of the seventh. Maldonado looks like he stuck his neck out for the the young right-hander. Christian, how, how did you feel overall tonight, and how did you feel on that seventh inning when Dusty had enough trust in you to leave you in there to face Gallo? Yeah, I felt really good today. Um, I felt like I was attacking the zone early. I felt uh, I was making the adjustments that I needed to as well as the game went along. Um, I felt like I was attacking the zone um, the whole night. And obviously, I felt, it felt really good to have the confidence of my manager like that um, and, all, and all of my teammates, too. Um, the all the guys there were telling me that we go, come on, we got this. Um, you can do this, and you can get this guy out. And so it feels really good to have everybody behind you like that um, in that situation. Dusty said that you've really um, embraced your opportunity to play well here and be an important part of this rotation. How much does it mean to you to be a part of, of the rotation when you just got up here? Yeah, it feels really good to have that vote of confidence from my manager. Um, and it feels really good to have the opportunity and, and to be able to take advantage of it like I've been able to so far to this point in the season. Um, thank God that I've, I've had the opportunity and I've been able to take advantage of it. Yeah, I feel really good so far in my performance that I've had this, this year. I feel uh, really proud of the way that I've pitched. Um, and I've just been really happy and, and thankful with God that I've been able to have these opportunities um, in this season and, and that everything has gone the way that it has for me. I've, I've been really happy with the results. It's been huge for me to have the support of Maldonado to this point in the season. Um, he's always on top of me telling me what I need to do, little adjustments that I need to make. If, if something goes wrong with a certain pitch, he's right there to tell me, like, let's go. This is what you need to do to, uh, to change your delivery and get me back on track. So it's been huge having him behind the plate, and he's been a big help for me this season. Christian, you're known as a guy that doesn't show a bunch of emotion, but you seem pretty pumped up after that strikeout of Gallo. How excited were you in that moment? A big pitch in this game with the Astros leading by one. Here it is. Breaking ball, got him, strike three. Got him on the breaking pitch on a 3-2 count, and he executed perfectly, and that's strikeout number three, and there's two outs. Man, that was impressive. Yeah, I was really happy and really proud in that moment, um, especially having that vote of confidence. Um, from my manager, from my teammates, and then to be able to follow through and show them that it was the right decision to leave me in in that, in that moment. That was a really big moment for me, and I was really proud of myself, uh, really happy with the, being able to punch him out in that situation. The 2-2, and Brantley hits it in the air to right deep. It sends back Gallo at the wall, looking up. See you later! Back-to-back -back games with a home run for Michael Brantley. This one's a two-run shot, and it's 2 to nothing Astros. 
Boy, it comes with two strikes and Michael Brantley with loud contact again. That was a no doubter. Straight away right field about six rows. Michael, how big was it for you guys to bounce back and get a win tonight after that tough loss uh, last night? Well, obviously we in the series. Um, at the same time, it's not how we draw it up, but uh, the pitching staff did a great job as a whole to hold that one run lead or two run lead at the time. And uh, hats off to them. Uh, they're big for us tonight. What have you seen from Javier since he's been up here? And I guess what has he shown you as he keeps going out there start after start and doing what he's doing? Yeah, I mean, he's been throwing the ball great. Uh, he mixes all his pitches for strikes, uh, keeps guys off balance, but he tags the strikes on. He works quick, and uh, it's fun to play behind him. AstroCast is brought to you by Carbach Brewing, the official podcast of the Houston Astros. Carbach Brewing, crafted for serious fun. See you later!